God to give you, even you, a double feeding, like he did unto Elijah. And in the strength of that, he was able to go and stand in God's presence. Ask for yourself at this hour, for you. I will ask for me. Lord, we receive your word and we receive a circumcision of ears, of hearts, of hands, with the blood applied upon our ears, upon our thumbs, and upon our toes, to hear, to do, and to run with your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In times like this, we need an anchor. So what is an anchor? Number one, when you look at the structure of anchors, you have this heavy metal in your mind which is taken very far down so that ships will not be tossed about. Ships in the midst of storms, in the midst of current, will not be moved off from where they should be. And in James, you find out that we are likened unto ships when it talks about the tongue. So, when you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14, can we look at Ephesians 4, 14? The scripture there says, then we will no longer be little children. What happens? Tossed like waves and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, or by clever strategies that would lead us astray. God's intention is that we will have a stability. You know, there's something that bothers me. We pray for industrial actions to stop, expecting that God will touch people not to declare strikes. But have we prayed that us, his children, whether they declare strike or not, 
we will not stop working in the health fields. Such people who pray such prayers, no matter the waves, if you like, go on strike, I'm working. If you like, do your work, I also am working. What is the purpose of an anchor? What is the purpose? There is a picture in the place that we read in Hebrews chapter 6. And I read it from Selwyn Hurs and it, it, it rang so true. That Bible passage says that we have this hope as an anchor where the forerunner has gone ahead of us beyond the veil. Now, in the earlier days, the anchor wasn't just a big weight to keep a ship in one position. No. There is this aspect of the forerunner. The forerunner referring to small boats with strong ropes. And the forerunner small boat would go to where the ship is meant to be. And so far the ship remains connected to the rope and to the forerunner. Faithfully, inevitably, it will be brought where it's meant to be. Now, did you hear what that scripture said? That scripture said that our forerunner has gone beyond the veil to bring us into his presence. That means that the anchor isn't just to keep you birthed, but to bring you to where he is. In Colossians chapter 1, from verse 21, the scripture says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So the anchor is that which connects you to his presence. And this promise to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him is fulfilled once we continue in the faith, stable, unmoved, not shifting. So you see the traction effect of having an anchor. It's not just that you are not moved about by the waves and the doctrines and the styles and the cyclical fashion of the world. It's not only that. When you are anchored, 
you will not be tossed to and fro. You will not be moving from one teaching to the other. You will not be moving following the cycle of the world. But on the other hand, you will be moving against the current steadily into being more like Christ. Steadily into being without fault, without blame, without blemish. You will come into his presence. Hallelujah. So, what times are we in? What times are we in? When we say in times like this. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 19, you will see a description of these times that we are in. What does it say? We know that we are from God. And that the whole world lies under the control of the evil one. Let's read it together from our Bibles. Go. We know that we are from God. And that the whole world lies under the control of the evil one. Number two. Let's give a little illustration of that. They are no longer doing proper interview. And people say, I have three slots in this institution. If you want one slot, you know what to do. I'm telling you real things. Is it right for a Christian, now that they are no longer doing interviews, to give money to secure slots for employment? If you don't do your house job at a certain time, problem. If you don't do your internship at a certain time, problem. Is it right for a Christian? There are people who tell you, I got my own employment letter in the hotel room. And they are not telling lies. There are people who tell you, no, 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 there is no interview. But you see people who are resuming work with letters stamped. And you say to yourself, Is it right for a Christian to do that? There is a place, I am told, in Enugu here, where if you want to start the program, one million naira. And the last year it was 500,000. I'm not lying. There are places where it's three months salary advance, if you're a man, and if you're a lady, automatically you must be my girlfriend. Not mine, though. Them. My two hands are for my wife. But that is the kind of world we are in right now. You see it, it happens. And you begin to ask yourself, is it really, really, really wrong as a Christian to give this kind of money? Clearly it is wrong. Without question, it is part of evil. But you have to. There was a time I was brought to the police station and they wanted some money. And I said, I'm a pastor. Is there a pastor drop offering now? You know, he's been given some very wonderful names. Very wonderful names. Inordinary requests for money. 
by officials. Some in uniform, some not in uniform. I went for something in the police so that I don't give it the right, I mean, don't reveal it to you. I went for something. And they said, when you are coming back, so as to make sure that I will not keep telling you that it's not ready, just drop this amount. It's not compulsory. But I just don't want you to keep coming again and again and again and again. It's not compulsory, but if you like, drop this amount. I've come back to them. I have not dropped the amount. I'll collect it in Jesus' name. A brother went to the local government so as to get them to inspect his site where he wanted to build. He had done the necessary papers. And you know, before you build, the officer will come, inspect your site, and things will begin to be done. Right inside the man's office, in the presence of others, he said, before we leave, you will give me such and such an amount. The brother said, I am a Christian. He said, you are preaching your own gospel. Me, I am preaching my own gospel. Opendential. No hidden agenda. Clear. So what do you do? As a believer, can you say in times like this, you need an anchor? But what does Psalm 112 verse 4 say? Light burns for the righteous in darkness. Psalm 112 verse 4. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. You know that brother's testimony? That was in 1998 when Abacha died. Huh? And Abdul Salam if you remember, gave all local governments one week to round up their activities. So, when he went back, the person who said no money took him with official car, inspected. And the local government chairman signed it before the health people signed. Hallelujah. Like dogs. And just before we think that all police are evil, I still remember many years ago when we were stuck around Ubukulu's side in the evening. We didn't know what to do with the vehicle. It was an electrical problem. Police stopped for me, picked my wife, took her to town, free of charge, waited, she got an electrician, brought her back, free of charge, police. They were born again. Born again policemen. Hallelujah. Like dawns in the darkness. For the upright. Hallelujah. 
Even in Esutia, I was told about those who were supposed to be collecting money, but wangled it in such a way that they collected the money for themselves, running into millions. Maybe you've heard about the person in a departmental store who put in her own POS. So that instead of paying to the departmental store's POS, it was being paid to her own. Until she had collected about five million. Fraud in high and low places. Are we talking about the sorting that takes place in universities? Sorting. It's either you give me this money or you don't get the marks. And there are lecturers who will be going to plead with the other lecturers. Can you let these people go? And the Christian begins to ask, Daddy, is it correct for me to budget money so as to sort this lecturer? What does Romans chapter 12 verse 2 say? Do not allow this world to squeeze you into its mold. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, one of the tragedies, when a believer comes into the office, other believers now expect that believer to cheat on their behalf. They say, I'm in your church. I'm in your fellowship. I say, yes. uh, These are the requirements for the interview. I say, bro, I thought you would just put me in. Tragedies that your own people sometimes want you that have come to that office instead of meeting righteousness and equity to all across, they want you now to use your office to cheat on the behalf of Christians. God forbid. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God thy God has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. What times are we in? There is this discordance. If you read in Psalm 73, you will see where it tells us, I had almost slipped I looked at the wicked and saw their prosperity. They don't have any struggles. They don't seem to have skin pain. They eat. And some officials will say, if you chop, don't chop small. Chop enough so as to use to settle us too. And you see that happening in the country. And those who seem to eat the most appear to be the ones that get away. I hope you know that there is a kind of smoke screen 
that keeps happening in the country. You don't know. Eh? Have you been seeing Dasuki affair in the newspapers recently? Uh-uh. But the matter hasn't been settled now. Somebody's own came out and took our attention. Hallelujah. I don't know whether they stole or not. Some, it is clear, they stole. But sometimes, when the righteous man looks at them, he can become envious and his foot will begin to slip. That's the kind of time that we are in. Hallelujah. There is a discordance between workers' pay at the same level of service. Right here in Enugu State, if you have a nurse working in the hinterland, her pay is not the same as the nurse at the same level in the teaching hospital. Am I correct? I'm in the system. And the same keda in Enugu is not the same pay as in the federal center. In fact, it is close to something like times two. Am I correct? Aha. That you are supposed to do your work with all your heart. The volume of Christian health workers in our health fields is staggering. Never in the history of this country have we had such a high concentration of believing health workers. God expects us to make a difference. But these waves, these storms, we must deal with them. Otherwise, we'll be moved like the rest of the world. Hallelujah. One of my relations who is high up in industry, he said, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. Have you ever heard that? If you are not in business, know that according to this world, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. I don't encourage you to apply that because when you negotiate with God, you always shoot yourself in the leg. In Matthew chapter 20, they negotiated with him for a denarius for 12 hours work. And found out that he was willing to pay those who had worked just one hour the same denarius. Hallelujah. Don't negotiate with God. Serve him with your heart. So how can you work cheerfully, excellently, diligently? Sometimes you are a skilled worker. And you charge moderately 10,000 naira for this. 
And you turn around and find out that the person you trained is charging 100,000 naira for the same service. And he's getting the money. And your mind begins to go and say, ah, you see more skill than I am. You know, in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus told them, uh, let's get there. Luke 12, 15. Let's get there. Let's get there. Let's get there. Are we there? Quickly, please. Luke 12, 15. Are we there? Two, three, go. Then he told them, be careful to guard yourself against every kind of greed. Because a person's life does not consist in the amount of possessions he has. Say with me, the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of his possessions or positions. The life of a man does not consist in the abundance of his possessions or positions. Let that settle into your heart. In Ephesians chapter 6, even if you are being treated as a slave, verse 5 to 8 says, Obey your earthly masters with fear, trembling and sincerity as when you obey the Messiah. Don't do this only while you are being watched in order to please them, but be like slaves of the Messiah who are determined to obey God's will. Serve willingly as if you were serving the Lord and not merely people because you know that everyone will receive a reward from the Lord for whatever good he has done. Whether he is slave or free. Put your hand on your chest and say, God, you are my reward. You are my rewarder. God, you are my reward. You are my rewarder. I do not look at what man can do. Don't be disturbed when others seem to out-negotiate you. Your reward does not come from man. Don't be moved into shallow service because someone is getting three times your own pay for exactly the work you do and you are doing it under greater stress. Don't be moved. The word of God says, Seest thou a man, seest thou a woman, skillful, diligent in his business, in her business. She will stand before kings. She will not stand before mean men. That's a law. It's a law that does not change with economy. It's a law that does not change with bad government. It's a law that comes from God. Hallelujah. What are the times we live in? As a brother who was invited for a contract and he was told how much the contract costs 
and it was a housing unit contract. And the person discussing with him was to broker the financing. Ere the contract was given, he asked, she asked him, this is the percentage you should give me of this contract. And the brother said, I know how to be grateful. Let's get the contract first. It's been more than a year. He hasn't got that contract. I know another brother who was given a contract to supply computers in Enugu. And he was told, you will give this amount to this. Supply a few computers and you can go. And the brother said, from this time till now, I have represented Christ. I cannot do that. He left it. Not too long. Listening to the news. Somebody else had started. Let's not go too far. In a place that I walk, theater lights were removed to be replaced with new treta lights. And the one that they replaced it had inscribed made in Western Germany. Western Germany a May unification. Or last year. Eh? Or this century. So you can imagine what was made in Western Germany is actually older than what it replaced. Come on, we put on your sign That's the world we live in. Hallelujah. That's the world we live in. In Psalm 73, let me get to the last passage of that, around verse 13, verse 14. Then they say, how can God know? Does the Most High have knowledge? Just look at these wicked people. They are perpetually carefree as they increase their wealth. I keep my heart pure for nothing and keep my hands clean from guilt. For I suffer all day long and I am punished every morning. But what does the Bible say? The next one. What will be your anchor? What will be your anchor at such a time to keep you from strain and will move you into the Lord? Psalm 84 verse 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. Say it with me. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Say it again. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Say it. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. It doesn't matter what a man says. Honor wakulunjo. Ufogin bejuhova metutalia ogepuma. Like Bartimaeus, cry out the more. 
by walking in righteousness. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. So what does the screen say is our anchor? What does the screen say is our anchor? The word is our anchor. In that passage of scripture, the Bible talked about two things. And each thing was from God. His promise, his oath. Both are immutable. That means that both cannot be altered. Both cannot prove to be false. Hallelujah. And when we believe God's word, when we are fully assured of God's word and walk in it, we are anchored. That's why you see a man who is poorly paid walking with all his heart. Because he knows that it's not this 7,000 naira I'm getting that is my reward. My reward comes from the Lord. That's why you see a man saying, no, I will not be part of this mess. Even if it means that I don't know how to get school fees for my children, light will arise in the darkness for me. When you believe that God is in charge and that his promises must be fulfilled, Irrespective of who is your boss. Irrespective of who is in authority. When you believe it with all your heart, you will rejoice. In Psalm 73, when he entered into the sanctuary and saw their latter end, he began to turn. Hallelujah. 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 Next slide. What are the other stormy waves as we begin to round up? One, we have problems with peddlers of the word. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 17, the scripture says, At least we are not commercializing God's word like so many others. Instead, we speak with sincerity in the Messiah's name, like people who are sent from God and are accountable to God. Many times we are tossed to and fro by people who are peddlers. The word of God comes from their mouth. Messages of scripture come from their mouth. And a crafty insinuation for cash follows. Evil manipulation comes. I was in a conference last week and a sister was testifying of someone that came to their church in another state and as she was speaking, another brother who was in a different state said, yes, that person came to my church. He was introduced, that speaker, as the last surviving son of a man of God that we know, a renowned man of God. And he was apparently moving in revelational knowledge. There is so and so person in this arena. You have so and so and so revelation. Yes, God has a word for you. And people were thinking that God has moved. They found out later that before the service, 
discreetly he made inquiries about people. There's someone that has this phone number. It's ending with 5839. Can you come God as a word for you? Come up quickly, come up quickly, come up quickly. Peddlers. You've seen them. They pray. And they tell you that our deliverance team usually takes 30,000 for this kind of work. You invite them for administration. Uh, how much is the honorarium? They're not going to preach wrong teaching. Have you not known that sometimes when there is a fundraising, the minister has decided with those he has come to, now at the end, up of 60, 40, he gave him 60, he gave him 40%, and they were 60%. Peddlers. I'm not speaking things I don't know. I'm not talking about things I'm not very, very conversant with. Peddlers. And so we are tossed to and fro with the stormy waves. And we are wondering, are they fucking genuine Christianity? Anointing me so far, but it's not today that they started. Paul experienced them in his time. He said, we are not like those commercializing the word of God. We speak with sincerity. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, instead we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use trickery. We don't use trickery or pervert God's word. By clear statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience before God. Please turn to your neighbor and say, beware of peddlers. Look them in the eye. Beware of peddlers. Don't be a peddler. Serve God. If at the end of the day they don't give you any honorarium, Go to the Lord. The Lord is your portion. It's impossible. If you will understand this, it is impossible for you to do something good in the Lord's name, the way God asked you to do it, and God will fail to reward you. It is impossible. It is impossible for you to serve God with all your heart and God will abandon you. It cannot happen. Stop looking at man. Stop comparing yourself with human beings in your work, in your preaching. Don't! Hallelujah. What about kidnappers and ritualists? You know, sometimes we have forgotten to be merciful. Sometimes the evil that someone has done has resulted 
in our forgetting that I, Ifanyona, have been heinous before God. And so when you hear about somebody who has raped, killed ritually, and murdered, whilst it is right, proper, and Christian to pray for the bereaved family, that is Christian, but it's not complete, you need to also pray for the wicked to be returned from evil unto righteousness. Don't let the evil move you. As the Bible says, we were sometimes sinners. We were sometimes slaves to evil lusts. We were sometimes like them. Hallelujah. And the one that is the rave right now, the third one, the challenge of Islam. Brethren seem to move in a spectrum. Some run into a panic. A panic. In the next 50 years, Muslims would have overrun Europe. Take a look at the way they are proliferating children. Eight children per family. And you have not factored in the power of the gospel. To those who have not even seemed to notice or care that Islam is making a steady, steady, steady drive for the whole of the country. Go between here and Ubolafa, you see a big mosque. The brother said, I've been in this place for a number of years. For the first time, around 5.10 in the morning, I heard, Allahu Akbar. They are here. And they are not going. You can panic. You can ignore. But they are here. Hallelujah. We need an anchor. Some in their posts forget that Jesus has spoken. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So yes, give us the data, give us the statistics. Let's know how many children they are birthing. But let's also know that the word of God is living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Sharper than the indoctrination of Islam. Sharper than the teachings of the Quran. Sharper than the jihadists wish to die. And let's make sure that the word goes to them. We need to articulate our own agenda for them. In prayers, 
in loving engagement. You know, you may not be making much headway when you meet a Muslim and you say to him, are you born again? For someone who has been in church, that's excellent. Excellent. But for a Muslim, that may not be the first thing. For a Muslim, the first thing may be, Assalamu alaikum. Before you get worried, that means peace be unto you. It is not an endorsement of Muhammad. Amen? And while I will shake your hand with all pleasure, please, I had a brother who was trying to reach out to a Muslim woman and said, I don't know why she won't even shake my hand. I said, bro, you made a mistake. Don't try as a man to shake the hand of a female Muslim. Don't try it. You need to have an understanding and you need to articulate how to reach them. And this church has been involved in reaching them. This church gave money for the payment of a Muslim at National Orthopedic Hospital that got born again, was abandoned, his fees were not paid. This church contributed, his fees are paid, he's being discipled by Capro. We have to have an agenda for them. Time would fail me to give you testimony after testimony of how God is reaching them in Enugu. But among the missionaries that I know, it appears the missionary among them are the most challenged for finance or support. But they must go on. Hallelujah. It's not only the challenge of getting the gospel to them, the challenge of countering violence. Some of us ask for arms and ammunition. (laughs) I know that after this, you may not like me, but I will give you what the Bible says. Some of us ask for arms and ammunition. Some of us are praying for them to die. As they move through the forest, let the wild animals arise. I was in a meeting and a beloved sister said we should call upon the wild animals as they are moving through the forest with their cattle to arise and deal with them. I was there. Some of us are asking for those that Christ shed his blood for to die and go to hell. Jesus didn't die for those who go to church, full stop. Jesus died for the perverts, the murderer, the obscene, the evil, the wicked, the Muslim. In Iran, a missionary was captured, imprisoned, beaten day by day. He tried to commit suicide. God touched him. God showed him his love. And God began to deal with him about God's love for his tormentor. Finally, one day, under the touch of God, after a series of beatings, the morning they were to start the beating, he said to his tormentor, Since we are going to be here for a long time, I might as well be your friend. Will you be my friend? 
his tormentor jerked back, looked at him, began to weep. He left Iran with souls for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Some of us have decided to take up arms and munitions. It will give you psychological satisfaction that you did something. But look at the truth. It's not going to prevent the killing of Christians. It will not. I think we have to ask ourselves, what did Jesus say? What did he do? What did the apostles say? What did they do? We will follow their example. Turn with me to John chapter 18 verse 36. Let's read it together. Go. Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom belonged to this world, so why do you want to fight? Do we have a kingdom here? Let me say this. When people want you to take off the head of any Fulanimates man that comes, they want to preserve structures of wood and stone. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, what will happen? So, when you were being baptized, what was your pledge? Eh? That you would die and be raised with Christ. Has that changed? Did we take our baptismal vows for fancy? Hallelujah. Listen. Jesus died. And before he was taken, the apostles brought out knives, swords, and said, Shall we strike? And before Jesus answered, one of them struck. And what did Jesus say? Enough of this. Put your sword back. And they say, no, that's Jesus. He was meant to die. Who told you you are not meant to die? Did not the scripture say, he that is to the sword, let him go to the sword. Is it an evil thing if I am killed? It's not. It's not an evil thing if for the sake of the gospel I am killed and God raises up people to look after my children or the other way around. The problem comes when we say in this Christianity I will not be made an orphan. I will not be made someone deprived of his money. Is that what Jesus promised you? Hallelujah. A brother got guns and someone got all those things and he had a strong witness. The Lord said to him, 
From now, your security is in your hands. He quick, 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 quick packed those guns and kept them. Hallelujah. Let's read Luke chapter 9. I want us to stand up and read it. Stand up and read Luke chapter 9. Verse 23 and 24. Go. Then he told all of them, If anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross every day, and follow me continually. Because everyone that wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Sit down. Has this changed? Has democracy, has having people in government changed this? Brethren beloved, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 to 35, you must continue to remember those earlier days, how after you were enlightened you endured a hard and painful struggle, at times you were made a public spectacle by means of insults and persecutions. At other times you associated with people who were treated this way. You sympathized with the prisoners and cheerfully, cheerfully submitted to the violent seizure of your property because you know that you have a better and more permanent possession. Don't lose your confidence. It has a great recompense of reward. Brethren, should that scripture be rewritten today? Because now we have democracy. Yes, let the authorities know. When Paul was in jail, there was a plot to kill him. He let the centurion know. Yes. When they found out they were killing Paul, they sent a squadron of soldiers to get him out. Yes. But beware where your heart is and what you are willing to do that Jesus was not willing to do. Final words. The bedrock of science is reproducibility. And God's word is the thing which makes science reliable. With science, if you get sodium here, it will do this. If you take it to another place, it will do exactly the same thing. That's why you can see, if you do this and this, this is sodium. Now, God's word will give exactly the same result to the persons who apply it with equal commitment. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, 7 and 8, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Why? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Consider those who have gone before us. Imitate their faith. Because the same Jesus that brought those results will bring them in our lives. Secondly, hope, which we are talking about, 
It's not an uncertain occurrence. When the Bible says we have this hope as an anchor, it's not saying we have this thing, we don't know whether it will happen. No, 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 no. It's saying we have this a certain sure occurrence. It's just that we don't know exactly the time it will come to pass. Christian hope is a certain occurrence with a timing that is not revealed to us. Hope is sure. Thirdly, an anchor will keep you rooted and growing despite the storms. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out his roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. See you beyond the veil in his presence. Let us pray. Where is your uncle? Where is your uncle? Where is your uncle? You'll be drawn to the point where your uncle is. Where is your uncle? Where is your uncle? Talk to the Lord. Where have you been moved by storms? You know, God has shown you. Talk to the Lord. Where are you tossed to and fro? Now of this opinion, tomorrow of a different bent, talk to the Lord. Keep not silent. For you must be brought before his presence, holy, unblameable, but that is as you remain fixated on him, clinging to him without changing. Talk to the Lord.